Freaks, Kinks, and Geeks is brought to you by two kinky poly babes on a mission to make sure you can be well-informed before diving into all things kink, dating, sex, and non-monogamy. We want to make sure this content can stay free and available for everyone who needs it. And with a little help from our listeners, we can do exactly that. Consider joining our Patreon for a monthly subscription where you can have access to our behind-the-scenes content, or you can make a small donation to our Ko-fi, where you can donate as little as $2 to make a huge difference. We greatly appreciate it. I am not made for, like, cold weather. Like, technically, I am made for cold weather because I chunk, but... <laughs> if, that, if that was how it worked, I mean, well, then you should have cured your body dysmorphia because you're always fucking freezing. Right? Yeah. See? But no. So maybe maybe your brain's lying to you about that. Your brain lies to me about everything. <laughs> like, literally everything. This is my... Hello, I also have changed my looks because <laughs> this isn't the same day. <laughs> this is not the same. I no, was not going to find another shirt. I didn't look. The hair already took too much time. This is only because it arrived in the mail. To the office? No. But it was like easily accessible and I was like, done. It would be funny if it was like, you came here and you were like, shit, I forgot my shirt. And then it was like, boom. Welcome back. Holy crap. Welcome to, welcome, 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 welcome back, welcome, welcome to, welcome to, welcome, and welcome, welcome back, welcome, hello, we are here, you're welcome, and we're the freaks, part of Freaks, Kinks, and Geeks, oh my, I'm CJ, this is April, and this is how we record for our podcast listeners <laughs> what are we talking about today <laughs> did you just do drugs i don't think you did because i'm pretty sure i just saw you the whole time where would it have happened i don't know where would i have done it that you weren't looking i literally when we were did you in the bathroom did you do line of coke off the toilet the second that you and i were not next to each other i called you over to me so i just well, want you <laughs> come here come here what are you doing <laughs> come here hey you free right now <laughs> I respect your time. Thank you. <laughs> Guys, it's just that this is the same day and I didn't bring an extra shirt. So I'm just dealing with that emotionally and physically. No one was going to notice. They're going to know. <laughs> How did they know? <laughs> when you tell them. When I tell them. Oh my God. And now guys. your hair's down, so it's, it's a, like new th- you. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And it's fresh cut, so you got that fresh cut energy. I, does it feel like the bottom of my hair is dry? She was saying. Anyway, we don't have to do that now. <laughs> but she was saying. Does it? I'm, I'm like, I washed it once, so I'm like, it's Well, mine has right. product in it, but hold on. That, no. Well, you can also, she said it's like. It feels it. soft. Okay, good. She said like the top feels one way. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, welcome back. Just us, just two gals filling each other's hair. Just two? Yeah. <laughs> oh, we didn't see you there. <laughs> oh. Hi. Hello. No, but winter is like, winter is harsh on, especially curly hair. Like, it'll stay drier. I have to tell you, I'm just learning that I have such an, um, I don't know, like, I'm really, I really care about my hair is what I'm learning. Because, like, when she told me that my hair was that dry, I, like, literally that evening. Did you have a moment? I went home to look at all the pictures of my hair where I really thought I was looking fly, and I'm like, that was damaged. (laughs) Could it look fly? My hair was dry. But it looked It rhymes. I thought I was looking fly, but I was looking foolish. 
Did she? Okay, we don't have to have. We, we, I can talk about <laughs> hair products when we're doing Listen, People no, like, I'll just cut this part out. Keep talking. For? Um, <laughs> they like check the episode. Don't have dry hair, people. That's our whole episode. And goodbye. I'll cut, I'll, I'll do some, I'll do some sneaky linky edits. Sneaky edits. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, leave it in. Leave it. Okay, okay. we'll put in our Patreon some of our hair products. Oh, do you guys want to know how I get my hair to look like this? Bam! Luscious locks. I cut it, guys. I know you know it's usually super long. So if you guys don't comment in the Facebook groups, great haircut, CJ. I am going to cry and then upload that video for just our Patreon. So well. <laughs> you too can watch CJ cry. Mm-hmm. Will it be like ugly cry or just like one single tear cry? Ooh, dealer's choice. Like whatever you request, you know. Yeah, if it's a good enough reaction, I might boohoo cry. I might like full snot. <laughs> like you guys would be like, "Oh, she's not a cute crier." No one cries cute. I like to do a little. If you cry cute, I do you cry? Can't talk to do you. Crude? <clears throat> do you crude? Do you crude? <laughs> do you cute cry? Do you crude? The best cries are when you like are ugly crying and you go stare in the mirror to just see how ugly it is. Like Dane Cook Those said, are yep. the best. Like when Dane Cook just said that to as a joke, it was like oh how my ugly God. it is. Then you cry harder because you're like you I look phrase. so fucking ugly. I did my best. <laughs> I did my best. I think everyone has done that at least <clears throat> once. I think I do have a cute cry, but it's it's this very very specific cry majority cries 80 percent ugly but there's this one cry i do and it's when i'm driving and it's when i know i can't really get into the cry because then i would you know crash so die so <laughs> i kind of do like a i go like <laughs> i'm just like <laughs> i know like something hot i know it with the breath yeah where I'm like <laughs> and then i just like feel it one single tear and then i go no I try to like not, but I can't because I'm crying. So then it just like bumps. I hope I'm in the car. And then I hit like a speed bump and then it comes down. How do you do it? <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. For I tried a second, I was Sorry. immediately going to. I was like, yeah, I'll yeah. show you again. It was a good joke. Booby bounce. I tried to get us more patrons. So, is that how that works? I don't know. Hey, where do the patrons live? <laughs> where are the patrons? Hey, where are the patrons? And what do they want to see? Just saying. So this week, we took questions. Took questions from our Facebook group, which you are not a part of. You should absolutely fucking join. It's lit. Just saying. We have a good group of people. Just saying. Our people are awesome and we're funny as fuck. It's going pretty fast. It's, yeah. It's also where we post our munches. We didn't talk about it in the last podcast. I really got to work on that. Um, <laughs> I'm going to put a little card truly the mic. Like, That's like we, what we need to I'm talk about. I'm really shitty at yeah, that. Okay. Um, I'll write that down. <laughs> so it won't happen. <laughs> Um, so went and asked there on Instagram, um, what did we ask? We asked, we asked them basically what they want to hear from us, what questions we can address. We told our, our Patreon members that they get first priority and they did. So we're definitely going to answer those. And then we have a couple others and then we might just fucking shoot from the hip and like see what the fuck we want to talk about because it's our fucking podcast. And not yours. Mm. (laughs) That's how bratty I am today. Holy shit. And man arms over there. Um, <laughs> New hair this. Um, so I briefly read these, but I actually didn't really come up with like a firm answer. So you're just going to get to see us kind of stumble through and figure the fuck out of what we're going to say and things and stuff. Because it's our show. It's our show. <laughs> and we can. And we can. You make your own show. You want to do it Here, we're the Dom. We're. 
don't, don't, don't make me. I like you go puffer face. I am a very good dom. It is like this. <laughs> what does it look like to be dominated by me? Like this face for sure. That would make me laugh so hard. Shut up. <laughs> I feel like what are you doing? Me doming the fuck out of the situation. Okay. So our first question we have was, what are ways to nurture? Your intuitive abilities. I love this question because a lot of people forget, me mostly, that we also do intuitive <laughs> topics yeah. on the year. And uh, so I love that that question brought it back. So let's revisit what, a, what our individual intuitive abilities are, how we yes, identify. great idea. You can go first. Uh, yeah, because mine is shorter. Um, I, it's not I'm the size just... that matters of the abilities. <laughs> how you use them. I, I consider myself an empath. Um, I can, I refer to myself as intuitive and, uh, spiritual and, um, I, if I was being big, brave, I would even refer to myself as an energy worker. Okay. But like in training, like an apprenticeship, like a, you're in an internship. Like I, like, I feel like I'm in the registrar's office. <laughs> like, and what is, to sign up. just in case other people aren't familiar, what do you consider energy worker? Like, what, what does that mean for you to be? And uh, an apprentice energy worker. Um, for me, it means being aware that there are energies around us, that our emotions are energy around us, and that we are in a world that has these energies that can be manipulated by our intention. And so kind of having that realization and then wanting to move into how to maneuver in that reality. Okay. What about you? Um, so the term that I most commonly use to describe myself is hyper-empathic medium. Um, so for me, hyper-empathic, that means I'm an empath, but like on crack is probably how I would explain it. means like it. if you're an empath, she's better than you, so sorry. It is a competition. Always. No. <laughs> um, it just literally means that I am essentially like an empath on speed. So I can sense energy from anyone, everyone. If I interact with you, I start reading your energy literally immediately. Um, even if I haven't met you, I can also read energy of others through people, which is weird. It's a weird thing that has recently, I guess more recently developed. Well, maybe paying attention to it more being polyamorous, do you think? Probably, yeah. It's come out more. Mm -hmm. um, and then the medium abilities, I communicate with, as I call them, my dead people. Don't at me. They're okay with it because uh, they are dead. Or you can add us. We like to hear from you. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so, yeah, I do readings for people, for their loved ones that have passed. Um, I interact with spirit very regularly, some days more than others. And I don't identify as a psychic or anything like that, but I do have what I would consider kind of, I hate, I don't, I don't hate the word psychic. I don't like using it because it has such weird connotations. What do you mean? Um, I feel like anytime someone says psychic, people think crystal ball. Coming to future. Voodoo, like witch in the hut with the things and reading. And I don't know. If you are that witch, let me know though. Right? I'm into that vibe. Um, that would take some great photos. Um, <laughs> So I more get messages and things that are going to happen in the future, but that's not how I identify. And I don't know how I get them, if I'm being honest. Okay. So, yeah. Alrighty. So how do we nurture our intuitive abilities? How do you nurture? Um, well, I think I started last time. So, so I have I to go first. To start. Okay. 
Um, for me, in the beginning, so I'll speak when I was first really coming into my own, um, which would have been about 10 years ago that I really fully accepted my intuitive abilities and stopped fighting them because I did that for a long ass time. Yeah. Um, nurturing them looked like really deep diving into information about being an intuitive, trying to figure out what my abilities were, what they meant, what it meant for me, how I interacted with them, how my energy interacts with my own abilities. Um, finding other intuitives was extremely helpful for mm-hmm. nurturing my abilities. Like that was crucial mm-hmm. um, because they would <clears throat> suggest things, um, different practices or I guess I'll call them like games that we would play to help nurture my abilities and we'll actually we're going to do a bonus episode for our Patreon so if you're a Patreon we'll actually talk about some of the games and stuff that helped us mm-hmm. um, but that was really crucial for me of nurturing them in the beginning to grow them now I would say nurturing my abilities looks like making sure my energy is taken care of Meditating at times, mm-hmm. um, recharging a fucking lot. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it now is just nurturing myself, which I would say getting my own energy in line has grown my abilities probably the most. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, like, if I were to really break it down, it would be, like, acknowledgement um, and then also your environment. So, like, acknowledging that, you know, okay, I'm an empath. Like, it took me a long time to even say that, especially when my first instance of meeting another empath was April, who is, like, a super empath. So I was like, oh, clearly I'm not that because our abilities are different. Um, and it is still a struggle for me sometimes, like, comparatively to speak on what I feel are my abilities just because it doesn't, you know, there's a little bit of imposter syndrome going on there. That's why it's important that feeds into why it's important your environment that you are acknowledging that in because if you're around people who aren't supportive of it or even people who like can't really understand it's like I understand that that's important to you like that that kind of thing isn't really supportive like a person not shitting all over your practice doesn't make them a supportive person no you know especially as an empath like I think uh, the right environment are people who are curious about it people who are maybe pursuing it in their own way themselves as well and so then when they're like you know when you're communing communicating with them you can still feel validated in your practice and things like that so yeah those are my main things acknowledging the ability like like thinking about my spirituality almost like a plant you know like it needs specific things to grow and thrive so where I put it is very important too so I don't I'm not super open about it with people who aren't receptive to that kind of thing just because that doesn't help my own spirituality because it like almost almost fuels that fire of shame of like oh yeah you're not into it and why am I even into it you know yeah that kind of thing so yeah, and I will say if you are not going to be or don't feel supportive, don't think you're hiding that from us. Like, literally, as an empath, yeah. we know. Like, yeah. we know that you're trying, and we know that, like, it, it's fine just to say I don't understand it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but not being supportive, even though you're not saying it, you can't really pull that over on us. Yeah. We're just going to feel it. Yeah. I And I think, like, find a lot of ways to, like, get you to trust your own intuition also. Because sometimes you can be in places where it does feel like, okay, well, technically everything here is, everyone here is spiritual. Why do I still feel like I'm out of place? Just, yeah. like, listen to that feeling and find your next place. You just might not be meant to be there. Mm-hmm. Good on that one? Yeah. I Like, I do have more I want to say, obviously, but I think that all is going to be in the bonus, bonus content. content. 
I like that we harmonized for those. We, that was the first Sometimes. time we harmonized, so mm-hmm. I'm actually pretty proud of us. 2022. 2020. 20, never mind. Look at us. You know the year. I don't. The year after 2021, okay? The one. <laughs> the one after 2021. 2021 plus one. <clears throat> Period. <clears throat> Next question. How do you have a long-term relationship and yet still have a DS dynamic? This is an interesting one. I am interested in this question also. How do you have a long-term relationship and still have a dom sub dynamic so as in the person you're in the long-term relationship with is your dom sub dynamic person that is my assumption of what they're asking okay 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 um that's my assumption um so i can only speak for myself i've heard a couple other people talk on this so i will say for me one my ds dynamic is not 24 7 I think if you do have a dom-sub dynamic that's 24-7, it does take on some extra challenges for a long-term relationship and keeping that dynamic alive. Mm -hmm. So I do get off a little easy, I would say, because I only have a bedroom DS dynamic. Okay, okay. Um, And for if if you guys are tuning in and not used to this, so there are a few different types of dynamics. There's bedroom only. It does not proceed out of the bedroom. There's 24-7, which obviously is a full lifestyle, um, varying on intensity and what you've agreed to. But those are the two kind of main ones. Um, My DS sometimes will bleed into my day-to-day, but not a lot. Is that like messaging and stuff? Messaging. um, Planning. Planning. We, you know, I'll have moments of like bratting back at him or kind of yeah like they're they're small moments but we don't have any sort of like day-to-day agreements Mm -hmm. around ds okay does that make sense yeah yeah um so i think the biggest challenge is kind of the same challenge that you face in any relationship which is not letting it just kind of go by the wayside yeah almost like almost feeding into the plant analogy again of like you know are you giving that appropriate space in your relationship like are you making time to still have the dom sub uh dynamic or you know scene together or play together like that um and i think you were also saying like yeah the typical strain of long-term relationships is probably going to apply over the dom sub dynamic as well so i would almost say work on those in tandem also it's like making sure the health of the relationship itself is good and then being able to make sure that the dom sub dynamic is also good. Yeah, and I, you know, I'll speak to kind of submissives at this point. Um, it's okay to point out to your dominant or to your play partner, whoever that is, that the, you know the DS has kind of fallen to the side. Like that's natural. Life is going to happen. Um, things are going to come up. If you have kids, kids are going to get sick. You're going to get sick. Work is going to get busy emergencies happen Mm -hmm. pandemics happen happen. Mm -hmm. we're in a panoramic still pretty sure we will be for fucking ever at this point um love it here so you know things like ds and sex definitely can get pushed to the wayside i know when Mm -hmm. i'm fucking tired the last thing i want to do is have sex yeah and um I think there's also like this, you know, because we are in a culture that is like, there's a lot of shame around sex to even try to prioritize it in your own life seems like selfish yeah. or like you should, you should be doing something else. So yeah, I, 
it can be very easy to be like, oh, well, let me not, you know. Yeah. If I have time to have sex, I should, you know, I should do, do something, something else. else. Yeah. And I've fallen victim to that for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you're submissive, don't feel bad. If you're with the right person, you telling them that, hey, I'm kind of missing this and can we try to prioritize this, that should go over extremely well. Mm -hmm. There should be no shame in that. They should not attack you for that or feel attacked. It's simply a statement of like, hey, this kind of got by the wayside and I miss it. And I do that, I mean, multiple times throughout the year. I just did it um probably a couple weeks ago where I was like hey we really haven't done like a scene scene in a while and I kind of need it and I'm also missing bruises and I want to have some bruises again because that for me I I enjoy that so you know and he responded appropriately which was like fuck yeah and yeah it has been going by the wayside and neither one of us took that personal Mm -hmm. it was just like a statement of fact yeah and it, neither one of us felt attacked. We've both just been fucking busy and stressed out. Nice. Aww. No. No. It's doable. It's definitely doable. But again, like any relationship, any dynamic, it has to be intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And dominance, do not take it personal if your sub says, I feel like this has fallen by the wayside. Mm-hmm. It's not an attack on you. Very true. It just happens. And if those roles are reversed and the dominant and you're the dominant and you're wanting to see more with your submissive who's not wanting to see more, also approach the conversation similarly. I don't know if you would just like dumb your way into that. Do you, you dumb your way into try, it? But that would be a very not okay. I would feel like that me. would be That's yeah, very risky. non-consent. Very mm, that would feel gnarly. That would feel gnarly. <clears throat> like that. Yeah, I would just say like I would approach it as a conversation. Yeah, you know. And then let your submissive tell you, well, I would really like you to come take it. Then that's a little different. Yeah. Or maybe they want the same, just haven't been able to verbalize. Mm -hmm. Depending on the submissive. I'm a submissive that at times I cannot verbalize great what I want, which is why I'm terrible at sexting. Literally terrible. So, so bad. It's so embarrassing. I'm trying. It's okay. She's trying to help me. It's fine. I'm actually horrible at helping with that because I'm just like, just write what you want to do. And she's like, I can't. And then we listened to a podcast where somebody else had that experience too. And then I was like, well, she she goes to write it and then her mind blanks. And I'm like, just remember that you do know English. What's funny is I have a sex podcast. I can talk about sex. Yeah. So anyway, if anybody who experiences this as well has some tips, please help help a girl out. Help this poor. For 33 cents a day. Thank you. You needed the sad face. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for the sad one. You're welcome. So next one. Next one's interesting. Next one I find very interesting. How do you maintain boundaries as a strongly empathic person, especially in the emotional landscape of BDSM and poly? Yeah. Oh, that feels like that should be an episode. That actually probably could be That an might episode. be an episode. So this is just going to be a teaser for that episode because I got to say that's something that I even very recently have been thinking about for myself as somebody who thought they had that under control. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, I thought I nailed it. But now I'm like, oh, no, I don't think I do at all, actually. <laughs> You're like, I more super I'm having I'm having difficulty talking to people who are in existing relationships. And that's kind of the landscape. When you're non-monogamous. But I'm just like, I don't know. Interesting. Your person is there but not there because they're present in our conversation. But, and we do or don't want to, I don't, yeah. So it's just, there's a lot. 
<laughs> in conclusion, in conclusion, I'm overwhelmed. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, um, this is an interesting one. It, a lot of it, I think, has to do with figuring out what you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Also, trusting yourself as an empath. So I, I think um, me and CJ have not really discussed this actually before sitting right here. So um, she's like, huh. But I think I part of it is, you. you know, definitely trusting yourself and figuring out how to navigate everyone's energy. Um, it can be intimidating um, because you are getting so much and you're not sure where it's coming from and you don't feel like you can speak to it. I personally do speak to it. So if I feel someone else's energy on them, I will kind of just say it, which sometimes freaks them out or makes them defensive, but it, it's a real thing. Like other people's energy affects yours. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if their partner's energy is affecting them, um, which is to be expected. I just have to acknowledge it. So mm-hmm. I think for me, just um, one, making sure I'm choosing the correct people to be around mm-hmm. in both BDSM and kink, like both BDSM and kink. Which mm-hmm. you're doing like intuitively and... Yeah. By using some of the questions we teach you about on this podcast? Yeah, definitely vetting people, but also if someone just doesn't feel okay within either lifestyle, I just kind of uninvite them to my space. Oh, and that's why it's important to trust yourself as an empath and trust that, like, you're receiving messages to let you know, like, where is the right place for you to be and what's not the right place. Yeah. So if you're maybe talking to somebody who has another partner and it's going well with that person, but you're still, like, feeling like something is off, it might just not be the right place. Yeah, and that's okay. I mean, I I think the biggest part about being an empath for me was really accepting that a lot of times I'm not going to have a reason for why I don't want to be around someone Mm -hmm. or why I don't energy kind of match with them. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we're kind of trained to have a reason if we don't like someone. Yeah. Um, But accepting that I don't need to have a reason and that's okay and it doesn't mean they're a bad person or I'm a bad person Mm -hmm. is kind of crucial. It's like moving to a space where not everybody is owed your time or your space. And I think a lot of people think that they are. And they're like, well, why can't I have it? And it's just like... Because it's mine. It's mine. Yeah. Thank you. You have yours. I have mine. I'm going to keep mine here. Yeah. You know? So I feel like a lot of the boundaries are actually just with yourself. I do... Yeah. Like, I do just think saying it's okay. Yeah. And, and, and keep in mind, I think there is definitely, like, spiritual work to be done there as well. Like, visualizing of keeping your space yours and, you know... Asserting your energy from your center out so you're not just, like, absorbing everybody's in. Uh, so I would even get brave about looking online with how other empaths uh, protect their emotional space, too, and things like that. Is there is there anything practice-wise that you do, like, on an energy level to maintain your empathic boundaries? Um... Sometimes when I'm busy, what it looks like is me laying on the couch and being like, oh, God, my heart's racing. Is that me? Then I'm like. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i constantly, whether I think about it or not, doing check-ins on my own energy and how it feels. Um, and if it feels off, why? Like mm-hmm. trying to determine if that's me or if that's someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest boundary I maintain is just if my energy isn't meshing with you or I'm just not feeling it, my boundary is I'm just not going to allow you in my space. Okay. I mean, the biggest way and the fastest way to destroy yourself 
and your energy as an empath is to allow people in your space that shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. I think it's tricky if you're um, understanding that part of yourself very recently. And so you're having that comes with having to deconstruct your existing relationships. Like, you know, a lot of times you think, oh, maybe this exists like this. And so it's not like, oh, I should have, uh, you know, or I, I don't know. It, it's complicated. Um, I, it's but like for me, I've only been in it very like recently. So it's hard for me to pinpoint exactly where like what a, what's draining versus what is like a diagnosis of anxiety and depression and like where where's the line between those and things like that yeah um essentially if you're an empath good luck right (laughs) (laughs) um but you know you can always reach out and you know ask for advice or if you have anything specific hit us up I definitely don't mind speaking to it It, it's just such a complicated thing Mm -hmm. it's really hard yeah without specifics it can be kind of hard to deal with um yes so let's what see. do you do when a member of a poly relationship suddenly wants monogamy um what do you do when a member of a poly relationship suddenly wants monogamy that's a tricky question i mean i i guess like i think there's yeah that that's definitely a tricky one you vote them off the island. Sorry. Okay. I, I think I'm, I was trying to figure out, like, what's the, what's the dynamic we're talking from? Like, if you're in an established couple and you both agreed to non-monogamy, <clears throat> coming from a place of monogamy, and then as you're going through it, we are now at a point where one of the people in the established relationship would like to return to monogamy. Uh, <laughs> I feel like, okay, so I feel like the first thing that's important here is figuring out for yourself, are you, and we're going to, okay, I hate to say this again, we're going to do another podcast on what I'm about to say, but is this something that you are in a lifestyle with, or is this an identity? Um, for me, polyamory, non-monogamy is an identity. I don't have a choice in it. I cannot be monogamous. Um, I can fake being monogamous and I did for four or five years and it, it didn't feel great. Um, but I think figuring out how important is this lifestyle to you outside of any relationships, because at the end of the day, you have to live with yourself Mm -hmm. and you have to be happy with yourself. Mm -hmm. So I think step one is really figuring out where do you fall on that Mm -hmm. and how important is it? And then... If someone tells you they want to be monogamous, that's going to be some pretty big discussions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, is that going to be you guys being polomani? Monopoly. Jesus Christ. I'll just talk next time. What the hell? You're um, <laughs> yeah. Are you guys going to move into a monopoly situation? Are they asking you to be monogamous with them? Do you guys have other partners? Mm-hmm. If you have other partners, that gets way more complicated. Yeah. Do you have to give up your partners? Yeah. I mean, you're impacting a lot of people at this point. So you're definitely going to have to have some hard conversations. Yeah. And then also, if you're a person who is pollying or leaning towards closing the relationship again to appease a partner, um, just understand that that does come with a lot of resentment over time. Like, unfortunately, you know, when when a dynamic is serving one member of the relationship more than another, it's, you know, hard to 
feel like things are still equitable in the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty tough one. Um, I did have my partner at one point ask to put our lifestyle on hold Mm -hmm. and he got a flat no, um, because I already knew at that point that this was not a lifestyle for me. This was an identity and me backpedaling on that and moving back to monogamy wasn't being true to myself and ultimately was not going to set him up for success. It was just going to let him hold on to something that was not real. Mm-hmm. And that caused a lot of hurt at that time. He thought I was being just really mean and I understand why he thought that. But I knew in the long run that that would not serve us and it would not help him. So I said no. Um and I, you know, he had the option, anyone has the option at any time to leave. And I knew that, I knew the risk, but I also wasn't going to keep us in a relationship that wasn't true. Even if that meant that he didn't need to be in the relationship anymore, which would have sucked. But I wasn't going to lie to him about it. So, yep. you know, you're, you're going to have hard conversations and that's just a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um and sometimes people are just not meant to be in those relationships with you anymore. And that happens mm-hmm. too. And that's okay. Yeah. I think this kind of goes back to our letting go gracefully. If you've already had those conversations, then maybe sometimes these conversations are a little bit more easily navigated. Mm-hmm. But when these come up, these are going to feel like big ass conversations. Yeah. Like these could be relationship ending conversations. Right. Yeah. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a little sticky. going to be a little gross, but mm-hmm. it is worth talking about if this comes up. So uh, there's not really like a hard, fast answer of like, oh, if the person wants monogamy, then then do it. Yes or don't do it. No. Like the answer is that's that's a hard question to be met with. And you have to ask even more questions now about what you are willing to do moving forward for your own mental health and for your own you know life satisfaction. Yeah, I would say if this comes up, definitely getting a therapist involved mm-hmm. just so you have a third party, a therapist that is non-monogamous friendly. Mm hmm. Um, just so you have a third party kind of unbiased opinion to help you navigate these types of questions because it's going to get icky sticky and it's, it could easily kind of spiral fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you do get asked this or you want to ask someone this, just make sure you, you go into it with the understanding that you're not going to have answers right that second. Right. And maybe not the next week or the next week or the week after that. Yeah. Depending on how long you've done this. Mm -hmm. I mean, five or six years in, this would be a that would be a bad question (laughs) yeah and and i think like i think uh the question can come up a lot for people who are starting to open their relationships from an established relationship point so that can kind of probably be thrown around like a lot more frequently um because you think you're just going back to like you know like your backup file of your phone you're like i just want to go back (laughs) i want to go my last known safe i want to go to my last known safe (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, not that one. Uh, but a lot of the times you can't put back everything that's come out of Pandora's box when you like realize, oh, by the way, your partner actually would be more satisfied and fulfilled with more partners. I've not, I've, we've had instances where I, I've had instances where people I've dated have tried to roll back mm-hmm. and I don't remember any that have ever gone well. What? That like you've had like, so you've been dating to someone. Close. Yeah. First. Oh, I see. And then to like, that would be cutting you out then. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it where they've tried to roll back their relationship and it's gone smoothly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
what do you mean? How do you know? Because they always come back around. And that wouldn't happen if they were able to make a successful transition back into monogamy. Yeah. Well, one got divorced. One, I think, is still together, but they definitely have not been monogamous since they've tried to roll back a couple times. Mm -hmm. Um, Trying to think about who else. We have some that have, we have some that we've known that did the don't ask, don't tell. Mm-hmm. But that's not really for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't have tons of great examples of it being done. It can be done. But I would run to a therapist faster than you could say therapist. Yeah. They'd be like, and I'd already be out the door. Yeah. So, yeah. Is there anything else we want to talk about? Well, our last question is option one. Just kidding. It's just, it just it's on there. It just says option one. Yeah. Is there anything we want to address or anything we've seen lately that has come up that we were like, ooh, that's interesting? Um, no, to be honest. Um, I mean, we had that one instance where we saw a person who was like, um, I got dressed up and got cute to make dinner for my uh, partner and their date. Oh, that's the one where they were like, I'm not involved. I'm not involved in the relationship. Yeah. I'm not involved, but I cooked their yeah. dinner. I was on their date, but I'm not involved. Yeah, yeah. Like, the post is very, like, you know, and I, I am perfectly fine about giving my partner their space that they need for dates, and we don't have to do everything together, so I'm just going to get very dressed up and cook the dinner for the date. And so you are on the for you guys. date? Um, I don't... In in any dynamic I've been a part of, that would be a very controlling move and a very involved move. Yeah, I would say, you know, if you guys are dating separately, giving your partner the space to have those dates without you around is important. Yeah, I mean, and that, like, I think a lot of people will think it's innocent and it's like, oh, well, I'm not lying because you know about my partner. But then they'll do something like, oh, but I am going to order food to go for my partner on this date that I'm having with you. I'm just going to bring that dinner and have And it's like, it's... It just puts up kind of an energy roadblock. There's kind of an energy wall, in my opinion. I, I mean, I think for me, it really, like, it, it's just like, don't forget about that hierarchy. Like, I've never had that happen where there wasn't a hierarchy of like, yeah. well, yeah, I got to get food for my partner, you know? You're paying for your own food though, right? Like, you know? Yeah. One, my partner would never even ask for food when I was going on a date. Yeah. I don't know. Like, if I, I I mean, but this kind of boils down to, you know, being an independent person again and like kind of an unglommed individual. There's not a situation where a partner would be like, oh, I'm going to this restaurant. And I'm like, well, I would like something from that restaurant specifically. Like, even if I did, I would almost like order it off DoorDash. Yeah. And just get it delivered to me. And I think, you know, it, it also depends on, like, is this a new relationship or not? I think some people who practice, like, KTP, mm-hmm. kitchen table poly, um, they will do dates with other people around. Mm-hmm. But I think that's more conducive once there's an established established, established. established relationship. Mm-hmm. Not, like, in the beginning. Right. Does yeah. that make sense mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. So... I guess for me, when it's, like, really in the beginning where I'm meeting someone and they're, like, bringing up their partner a lot, it's, it, it for me, is indicative of them being glommed together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think watching to see if they say I or we a lot. Yeah. Like, I... God, like you in the other... In the other episode. episode. Oh, I was like, I get it. You have a partner. Mm. God. <laughs> but I've been very intentional on trying to say I and get rid of the we, mm-hmm. which I've done a fairly good job at for the most part, except apparently the last podcast. 
Even even a monkey falls from the tree sometimes. That's a Japanese Is that a real proverb. saying? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was like, where do you... Saru mo ki kara ochiru. That's the same thing. I'm going to believe that that's what she said. Can you imagine if I just said something completely different? And who's going to check me? And who's going to check me? I'll Google Translate it. Go for it. I want to see her do it. I just see saying. her write down what she thinks she heard I said. When I know she ain't listening to these after she records them. <laughs> nope. It's just me. I hate my own voice. Sometimes for editing, you gotta just... I do. I do listen to them as I'm editing the uh, anchor ones. Oh. Which is why I send you little clips of what we said that I forgot we said. It's really like, do you remember us saying this? We're fucking funny. <laughs> That's my favorite when you're like, oh my god, we're funny. And I'm like, well, I hope so. <laughs> I hope. Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. Do you know that reference? Yes, oh, okay. I do. I have seen that one. Finally. Got you. Multiple times. And in my adulthood. Glow up. Yes. So, make sure you go give us reviews on the checklist one let's get a five-star review on itunes apple itunes Boom. it is the it helps the algorithm which means that people can find our podcast i know that some of you are all like i feel so isolated not being able to talk about my monogamy and my kink lifestyle well other people feel that way too so like if you do one of these with the five stars for people on listening to this she's doing yeah. little fingers under her chin because that's where we all type yeah i get real close right there you know what i do for the space bar i do a kiss once again ding ding code <laughs> Um, we do have our Patreon, so we're going to yes. do a quick little Patreon episode after this. Mm-hmm. So if you are in our Patreon group, you get bonus content. It helps us produce this. We pay for all of this out of our own pockets. Um, so if you like this and want to support us, um, little as $3 a month helps so much. Um, you and look at how a- sad we are without more Patreons. You could ever be in towards me. Just one. <laughs> so sad. Um, imagine in the arms of the angel playing in the background, obviously. Yes, Sarah McLaughlin. Um, imagine me, like, being all emaciated. Imagine me doing an ugly cry face. Just like that. Just like that. It's bad, people. It's bad, okay? <clears throat> Don't make her do it. Don't. And then you can also join our Facebook group. It is open to everyone. We also post about our munches there. You get to see, we, we interact with pretty much everybody as long as you're we respectful. Got memes. We yeah. got mad memes. Yeah, we always are talking to people. We're not like we're not behind. We're the not curtain. hierarchical in the group. No, <laughs> we go in and jump in and give everyone. We're all about that anarchy. And we love healing. Healing. We love healing, and we love hearing from you guys. Both. Both, Both of the of ages. Those. What else? Anything else? What did I forget? Munches. Okay. Once a month. Yeah. Facebook Come to our group, Facebook group. Patreon. Kofi. Um, five star review. Five star review. I think we said that multiple Killing times. It. Yeah. Leave us a recording. Oh yeah. You can message us. Message us. We really got to write this down somewhere. We, I know. I really, yeah. We're going to work on this. Okay. Yeah, we'll write down. It's only been a year. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Out. Thank you guys for co- tuning in and we'll see you next Tune time. In. On. <laughs> Freaks, kicks, and gigs. Bye. Bye.